Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone, and we're talking about Babylon 5, Season 4, Episodes 5, The Long Night, and Episode 6, Into the Fire. Um, you know, so normally we do two to three episodes. We did two because I think these two are fairly connected, and so it made sense to do these two. Um, yeah. And so, Adam, why don't you give us the, the overall plot of the first one, and we'll get into the, uh, you know, what we thought of it. Okay, well, the uh, overall plot of the first one is uh, Veer basically uh, kills the Emperor, and uh, on also Brian Cranston saves the universe. I think that's my synopsis for this episode. Yeah, that was. I, it's funny because you 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 definitely knew this was coming, and you didn't mention it to me. I think on purpose because I was very surprised when I saw Brian Cranston. But last podcast, I made a point of comparing the show to, to uh, Breaking Bad. I, so I remember I was foreshadowing. That. I, foreshadowing. I, I, re- I remember that. Um, but it's funny because a lot of, like nineties television, Brian Cranston makes a lot of appearances in different shows and, you know, oh, yeah. the dad and Malcolm in the middle and all this stuff. And he was on Seinfeld and I know I've, he's like a character actor and everything, but I didn't expect to see him on Babylon five. <laughs> like he was like somebody who was just not on my radar of people that I thought I was going to be on the lookout for. He doesn't um, strike you as a ranger type. No. And, and he was so like unmistakably brian like you just couldn't like now that he's so famous it's like he's one of these people that's like hard not to know it's him it's like it's like if brad pitt is in some you know something you know ages ago and you see him and you're like oh well brad you know it's brad pitt even though he's like a minor character um you know yeah when i'd watched this 15 years ago i didn't actually even notice he'd already been in malcolm in the middle and seinfeld and everything but i still it didn't really register to me when i watched it 15 years ago he he didn't have the godlike levels of fame that he has now like breaks bad really sort because i think like he like i remember everybody liked him on malcolm in the middle i remember i had i always heard from people that the dad on that show is funny but that's all we knew the dad on that show or we knew the dead the guy that plays the dentist on seinfeld like you know like that was how we knew him but i I was i was you know studying acting in chicago in the late 90s and it was like our actor i got my acting he just would go that guy that guy on malcolm in the middle you know that father he's an amazing actor he's like the best actor and i was like okay but uh, he would he would just rave about him but i guess uh, he was right you know but he was uh, right (laughs) <laughs> but yeah so that was it so so yeah that was an interesting scene he and he basically had, had to sacrifice himself right because they did the old trick where they they wanted to yeah. lure the shadows um to what is it Corana Coriana six is that yeah, yeah they're trying to they're trying to get the shadows and the vorlons to clash because they realize that the shadows and the vorlons are like just wreaking havoc everywhere and 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 all the other races are caught in the middle and so they need the vorlons and the shadows to sort their their war out among themselves and so the plan if i understood the episodes was for them to 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 lure the shadows to uh to coriana seven and they do it by planting um i think they plant information about about a, a base on the ship but they want it to be really hard they don't want it to be obvious so yeah. so so uh Erickson, Brian Cranston's character, has to like he's told he's gotta to sacrifice himself. And you can see the look on his face. He's not I mean, he's willing <laughs> to do it, but he's not a hundred percent happy about this uh uh no. this order. Um Yeah, it's a it's a good scene. But uh In fact I would say this is a scene where because I know who he is now, 
like now that he's like in a, you know now that he's like a somebody who's he's a household name it adds yeah. a lot more weight to the scene i think almost than if it does because yeah he is they, they you know it's not like they have a character that's been established do this so yeah. it does help that it is somebody famous that, that does it because because if it was just yeah. some guy with weird hair and a funny looking face that i didn't recognize it would be like all those other guys that they'd used for that sort of role but but then yeah. it was like oh my god it's brian cranston brian cranston is going to make the ultimate sacrifice and so yeah see if that that is a criticism i'd make of this episode actually is mm-hmm. that i kind of feel like they should have they should have like seeded erickson maybe in one or two episodes episodes ahead of time so it's like you know the, the character that sacrificed you know i mean, they didn't have to make it someone like marcus but at least at least they're like, oh man, they're sending him off to dive, and yeah. uh, you know, it, but it, it still works because it, it's a good scene. But, but yeah, yeah, the show is usually better about doing that. And so, you know, there's that whole—I mean, Cartagia is assassinated. The the plan yeah. um, is pretty interesting. They basically want Jakar to go crazy and cause a distraction, and uh, and Londo has like a uh, an injector that they stick between um, Cartagia's two hearts and inject the poison. And then there's like an organic seal that closes up the wound so nobody can tell. And yeah. uh, and Veer ends up being the one who has to do it because <laughs> Cartagia slaps Londo in the face when the, when the, when the Narn uprising starts and uh, uh, basically go, you know, basically goes crazy. And, and, and uh, I really liked, I really liked the way they they sort of did a lot of similar stuff that they were doing in I Claudius with that 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 relationship between Claudius and Caligula. And the thing that's interesting about it that they 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 were that works really well in I Claudius, and I think they also succeeded somewhat doing that here, is you at times feel kind of bad for Cartagia. You don't always just despise him. You mm-hmm. you 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 realize that this is a guy who's crazy. And like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like he's not well, um, like he's doing bad things and he's a horrible person, but I don't know. There's, they're, they're he able, he shouldn't be in this position yeah. anyway, yeah. basically. <laughs> like there's, there's a, there's a really good scene in I Claudius where, where there's like a moment where Caligula is kind of like, it's like raining outside and he's sort of getting very, uh, ponderous and thinking and he, and he, and he basically, asks claudius do you think i'm crazy and claudius in that moment has like an opportunity to you know he's his uncle so like yeah i mean he's got this long-standing relationship with caligula he's caligula's uncle that's why they have this connection that's yeah. one of the things that makes the show so compelling and he he says um you know he says well no you you set the standard of what you know what is uh you know what you know of of, of sanity you're the emperor and you know, he did it to save his own skin, but it was like also a missed opportunity. And that you really feel bad for Caligula because you realize Caligula knows he's kind of crazy. And there, yeah. there are kind of like flashes of that in this show, I think. And uh, and I think that final, you know, scene where everything's crumbling down around him and he, he realizes that he's not a god. And you kind of feel bad for the guy because you realize he's just been under this delusion that he's, a, you know, uh, and, you know, again, still a horrible person. I'm happy he's dead. But uh, but they they managed to get a little bit of sympathy from me, which I think is good. I think that um, you know I, I I really like how the show does that. They do it with all the characters, and like you know you, you, even the people that you're like rooting against at times, like even Morden. I felt bad for Morden in this <laughs> episode. Um, 
or maybe we might know the next well, this episode. Is the next episode. Yeah, next episode. There, so we'll there, we, can, we can merge here because well, we'll, they're, they're we'll, pretty much one episode. Well, why don't we get into why don't Why don't you give the uh, overview of that episode then so that we can get into yeah, that? Yeah, well, the, the, the second one, after the Emperor's dead, they, they still need to get the Shadow Presence off of uh, Centauri Prime. So Londo and Beer have to return to uh, Centauri Prime and take care of that. And uh, on the other hand, we've also, the other plot going on is the big battle between the Shadows and the Vorlons, which finally comes to a head. Mm. So, yeah, that's the synopsis there. So, so back to the Morden thing, which happens this episode. Londo finds out that Morden is the one who poisoned Adira, and he loses yeah. it. He gets really angry. Yeah. <laughs> and he also, he does some really calculated maneuvers in this episode. So he brings in, he brings in Morden and, uh, and Morden is cocky as he always is. And, and Londo shoots the two, uh, uh, shadows that are always invisible next to him. And, and then, and, and Morden's still cocky. And, and, and basically Londo is saying to him, look, you guys have to get your ships off of, is it Selene? Is that the name of the Island? Uh, Um, yeah. uh, You know, to get your ships off of Selene, and Morden is like, nope, they stay. And and uh, and so Londo's like, well, look, I know that your ships are good in the air. They're on the ground. There's nothing they can do. And Morden's like, well, yeah, but we, they can sense a ship approaching from miles away. <laughs> you know, they'll be in the air in seconds. And, you know, what are you going to do, blow up Cellini? And Londo's like, actually, now that you mention it. And he's planted this whole, he's planted you know, explosives all over the island. And he's evacuated his people and left just enough on to leave the pretense that the island is still inhabited. And he blows up the island that the shadows are on. And Morden, Morden freaks out. Like you can tell Morden is like, Morden is emotionally affected by it. Um, yeah. And so yeah. I realized, oh, like the shadows aren't just like his overlords. There's like, like this is probably similar to Sheridan and his relationship with Kosh or something. Do you know what I mean? Like these, like there's probably more of a connection that he has with these, even, even if they're more harsh masters, they're still... I don't know. There was emotion there that I thought was, you know, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. It's complicated. It could be that. It also could be that because uh, I was wondering, is is that it, or is it the fact that you know the fact that he screwed this up means he's in serious, serious trouble? It's like so. That's interesting. You saw it a different way. I, I, I didn't see it as him saying like I I saw I I thought that he was uh, experiencing loss when he did that. Yeah, Maybe. no, that's a valid interpretation. I, I, I may have been too harsh in the way I looked at it. So, I, yeah, I'm, I, I kind of like that that different angle there. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a big reaction. Yeah, and it, it is, it is a, an impressive move on the show. It's like boom, and, uh, and uh, yeah, that, that, that's, that's, that's good. Then the moment they have later, where you know. Veer kind of points out to uh, Londo that they haven't got rid of all the shadow presence on the planet. <laughs> yep, yep. That's but, you know they're, they're fortunately bailed out by all the ships being called into the big battle, so they they just barely survived that. But well, and the um, what was it? The 
the whole thing with his head on the pike. So Morden's head head ends up on a pike, just like Vier had sort of. And L- Lando gives it to him as a gift, basically. So I'm assuming, yeah, he must have he must have he must have uh, shared this this uh, dream of his with Lando at some point. Um, exactly. So. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, well, and I, I find it kind of ironic that it's uh, it's. It you know in defeated Londo's just defeated the shadows and now he's 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 giving Veer what he wanted mm. so it's uh, it's kind of kind of a, a, a kind of all shadowy kind of move Londo is making at that moment. Well, he and he and Veer had some interesting exchanges because like in the first episode, Veer gets drunk. I was it might have yeah. been this episode. I don't remember. He gets drunk after after he kills Cartagia because he can't handle like the guilt of it. Um, yeah. And uh, and Londo basically says, well, like, like he basically seems to be saying, like, that's the reason why I like you is that you, yeah. <laughs> you know, you you are still shaken up. I would not be because because at one point in the episode, uh, Jakar before the assassination, you know, and when Londo learns that he's missing his eye. Uh, he says, I'm missing my eye, but now I can see better than I've ever seen before. And he yeah. says, you know, your heart is empty, Londo. And so, uh, so you know, so clearly, uh, you know, Londo wouldn't have been suffering from the guilt that uh, that Veer was. Though, I have to be honest, I don't, I kind of agree with Londo. Like, I don't think, like, Londo was behaving pretty well, I thought, over the course of these episodes. He's, he, he offered to sacrifice himself at the end when he thought yeah. that the, um, I think, was it the the Vorlons had come to, uh, to, to, to claim him because, uh, um, so, you know, that was a pretty noble thing. So, you know, he, he told Veer, kill me and, you know, and give him my body. That's the only way out. Um, you know, it, great personal risk to save Centauri Prime. He helped assassinate the Emperor. I don't see a way out of that situation. That I mean, you can feel guilty yeah. about it, but like you got to kill the guy, right? He's a he's about to yeah. blow up everything. Um, and well, that, that that brings up something I disagreed with you last episode, but I couldn't say it because it was getting into spoilery territory. Which is you suggested last week when you know Londo brought up the thing about. Uh, you know, we, you know, basically him, you know, he, when he suggested going to Narn with Cartagia, and you said, oh, well, it gets him off the planet where he'll be safe. Mm-hmm. And I, I was thinking, no, Londo would never abandon Centauri Prime yeah. like that. It's like he, he would, you know, Centauri Prime is his thing. It's like he would not run away. That's that. No, that and, that's, you're, and you were right. And that's what I totally realized this episode was how, like, because mm-hmm. when I realized the moment when he said, like, you know, kill me, I was like, oh, he really is sincere about, like, it's not just, you know, so, so I find myself really liking Londo despite his terrible, terrible behavior in other respects. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I at least think he has admirable qualities. Um, and, uh, I, 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 I would say I'm definitely more on Jakar's side at this point, and Jakar definitely uh-huh. went down some different roads this episode. So oh, yeah. after after the assassination, Londo actually kept his word, which surprised me. Now maybe uh-huh. maybe something's coming down the pike because obviously there's still tensions there. But but Londo said that Cartagia's death was a sign from the gods; they should leave the Narn alone, and so they leave. And, and and the other Centauri seem more than happy to go along with that. So I think I think they're pretty tired of fighting. And Jakar afterwards, you know, he's sort of you know, he's among his people and they want to go to war with the Centauri like right away. And he's like, yeah. No, you don't understand. Like um, like and but what I thought was interesting, he didn't 
the the revelation he seems to have is he says that they you know they're a lost people like they're they're on their way out anyways and so like he yeah. seems to you know and and so i feel like shikar more than he almost feels bad for the centauri more than anything else at this point and uh but i think it's interesting because now we're seeing they want they basically wanted to make him ruler and he rejected he said no i don't want to i'm not going to be a ruler i'm not going to be a dictator and uh, yeah. and he wants the um what's the name of their organization the kari yeah yeah he, he wants the kari restored and so i i guess what's probably happening now is we're going to have some infighting among the narn on what to do and mm-hmm. i can't i mean they've just i i they're they're crazy if they want to go fighting the Centauri now. That is that is a that is yeah. the, you know they've just regained their freedom. They have they, they how many of them died in that conflict? Like I understand the anger, but yeah, they, they, they you uh, know they need insanity. Time. Yeah, it is, it is it is genuine insanity brought on by what's happened. It's uh, yeah, no, and I mean yeah, just just that's a great great Jakar scene with him just ultimately leaving the the room laughing <laughs> bitterly <laughs> yeah i really like where jakar has gone over the course of the show he is a very interesting character and he's he's a he i i i you know that actor that guy that plays him is just yeah. so perfect um but uh but what was it the so also in this episode, uh, Ivanova and Lorian, who are two characters I really would not have thought of pairing together at all for any <laughs> venture, uh, go on a mission together to find the rest of the first ones. And we find out later the reason why is uh, Lorian wants to assemble all the first ones so that none of them are left behind. Because ultimately what's going to happen is mm-hmm. the... Uh, well, let's deal with Ivanova and Lorian first, and then we'll get yeah, to Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we'll jump to the end. Yeah, so Ivanova and Lorian have some interesting discussions where Lorian explains that he's an immortal, um, but that his but his body can be destroyed, that he could die from illness or injury. And basically that he he's like the first sentient being, is what he seems to be saying. And uh he tells her that the earliest uh of his race were very were, were were essentially immortal and that it wasn't until later that that old age became a thing and so she sort of is having trouble grappling with this and they have a conversation he kind of ex- explains it to her i think he's basically telling her the truth because she's like it doesn't make sense how would you develop immortality if you were the first yeah. sentient being you could you know you'd be lucky to make fire and so you know so it's interesting because it says something about the cosmology of the setting where life itself was somehow very different in the early phases of the universe and yeah and so i don't know maybe there was more star energy in the ad i don't know what's going on but uh oh go ahead yeah let's let's say it's it's you know uh, it's i mean it is interesting because to an extent you know dying is an evolutionary advantage it's by dying you keep replacing your your generations and so it you know, I mean, I'm not saying it makes total scientific sense, but the idea that, oh, well, you know, humanity, I mean, like, well, life evolves death kind of it, it's it is a an, an interesting philosophical idea. But but what we find out is that he's basically the one that shepherded the shadows in the Vorlon. What they might have mentioned, I think he might have mentioned this in another episode before, but like, yeah, that's he got more into depth with it yeah. this time. And uh, and so I still don't trust Laurie, and I still think that he's. I, I still think this is like the apple in the Garden of Eden. Um, <laughs> but uh, 
but but I at least had a better understanding of the character and and sort of the history and um, and again I know that they're drawing on imagery that's deliberately making me suspicious, but I'm really having trouble shaking that suspicion in his case. Um, but anyway, so they have they have some you know interesting and he basically. Uh, what comes out of the conversation, I think he's trying to tell her to like be open to love um, because he points mm-hmm. out that like, you know, uh, when you live forever, the idea that love is forever is something that you, 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 you see how, how, how untrue that is firsthand. Yeah. You know, that, that see, I got the sense that Lorian is loved and, and, and had bitter uh, endings to, to his love. Um but he was saying, but because you're so short lived, you you can kind of embrace that <laughs> illusion, um, and so uh-huh. he says that's a gift. Um, but it didn't escape me that he's telling her embrace the illusion. Do you know what I mean? He is, yeah. He, you know, he, so uh, again, buddy, buddy, but 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 I but I think what we're gonna get from this, if you know, is is that it opens up the possibility of her and Marcus having some kind of relationship, or or her and somebody else. But I'm imagining her and Marcus, unless you know. Uh, the whole point of that is just to see Marcus have his heart broken, uh, uh, which could be. It could be. Maybe he's going to go down a really dark road after Ivanova rejects him or something. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah. So so they had their whole thing, and then uh, then we get to the big battle, uh, and Ivanova is able to join it with uh, you know with Lorian and the first ones that she finds and. Um, and so the battle is almost inconsequential to the stuff that happens after the battle. And yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how would you just so so. There's this one, another one of these really weird abstract scenes where Delenn and Sheridan sort of appear before both. Like she goes, I think, before the shadows, and he goes before the Vorlons. Is that the, yeah? And, and they communicate, the... but they're somehow projecting this to all the other races, right? So that everybody can see it, like they're there uh, is that think so i mean i i i i believe so i'm not entirely well, sure because lanier said i can see and then i got the impression I, I don't know i got the impression that they were somehow communicating this vision to people but i i was yeah i found it very vague and it was a lot like that first weird vision that sheridan had where you know like i am the hand and all that stuff. yeah yeah <laughs> it was very weird uh but but it was interesting because the Vorlons, and I don't know who that woman was supposed to be. I don't know if it was supposed to be because Del- they were using familiar faces. It seemed to as 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 stand-ins for themselves. Well, I think the shadows were. I don't know that the Vorlons were. I think it okay. was just the, on the shadow side they were all familiar faces. But I oh. think the Vorlon one was kind of different. Okay, well, but... the Vorlon one she had something over her face, so I thought, oh, maybe that's Delenn, or maybe that's somebody. Maybe it was. I I could be wrong on that. I don't know, but but I, but. I... I... But either way, they, they they basically say, okay, like you know, you've you know, ne- you know, you've brought the shadows to us, and now we can eradicate them, and you know, everything will be fine. <laughs> and so they, there's this whole this whole thing where they where basically the shadows and the the Vorlon say what their whole thing is that they're that they're that they're trying to uh, shape the races around these two ideologies they have, and Sheridan and Delenn both sort of piece together that they're not actually trying to destroy each other that that it's important that the other side remains so that they can prove to them that it's like a chess game it's like a grand chess game and they just want to prove that their ideas they want to they want to they want to be able to like you know uh, to 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 do a victory dance for the shadows or do a victory dance yes. for the 
Vorlons. My, my analogy is an internet argument. They just have to prove the other person's right. And it doesn't even matter what their ideas are anymore. They just, they just have to, it's, they're wrong. Yeah. That's the important thing. They've lost sight of anything, but the other side is wrong. <laughs> and That's everybody right. has to, they, and, they, and, the, and the younger races are the, the other people in the forum. And they, they, they will have to convince them that the other side is wrong. That's it. <laughs> and, uh, and it was, but it was very, it was, it was unusual. And then the, uh, and then after that, uh, the shadow and the um, and the Vorlons actually show up on the ship, and and Sheridan essentially just tells them to go away. Like that's I yeah. don't know I don't know like how would you describe this scene? Because I, uh, I think you pretty much described it. Yeah, it's like look, you know, because I mean it's just it, I, I think too part of it. I mean they don't they don't really highlight it, but I think. You know, that the fact that, you know, Sheridan has united pretty much almost all the younger races together here in this big alliance and they're all working together. And it's like, look, why do we need a babysitter? You know, look, look what we've done here. Okay, go go away. We're we're old enough to stay home alone on our own now. It's uh... now. So so. This is an interesting episode, and I, I, I had very complicated feelings about it, but I think ultimately yeah. I liked where it went. But one of my, I guess you could call it a criticism, but it's not quite a criticism, is the ending, that ending kind of walked this weird cusp where mm-hmm. it was veering into grandiosity, but, but because it was taking place in the deck of the ship, and there was just like a Vorlon and two shadows or something, it was strangely intimate for this sort of epic grand thing that was yeah. going on and i was i was sort of aware of that as i was watching it and i wasn't sure how i felt about it um but i also realized hey this is only episode six of the season and this part of the conflict that i thought was going to take the whole season is over like it's over. Like, yeah like like they just and like like unless something happens next episode where aha the shadows and the vorlons are back um which you know th- there's there's reason to believe that might be the case but Unless something like that happens, it seems that this big conflict that we've been expecting will be the focus of the whole show for the rest of its run is over in like five episodes. Um, and I kind of like that. Um, yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting because it's like now, as they say at the end of the episode, it's, it's just us now. There's no one to blame for what happens. And it's like, okay, well, what's, you know, now, now they are really responsible for now, what goes on here. Now I did have one criticism. Sheridan gives this speech where it's kind of voicing sort of somebody who has parental issues. Somebody who does not like their, you know, sort of like the Vorlons of the parents and he, you know, sort of, yeah. Uh, and we already know it's established in the show. John has really great parents. Like yeah. he doesn't have yeah. any, so it just felt, I felt like someone like Ivanova would have been better to give that speech because she could naturally, like the points he was making, it sounded like he was making them based on his personal experience. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it just felt weird for him to be the one doing it rather than her. But I think it's a minor point, but I just feel like his, his, his dad is such a good dad. It just <laughs> felt like a betrayal of his father for him to give that speech to me. Um, so he was just talking about all the, you know, nuggets of wisdom his father had given him in that in that video message to Delenn a couple of episodes ago. So, um, yeah, yeah. Now that's that's a that's an interesting point. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, he is he is a weird character to have that viewpoint. 
Um, but, yeah, because I just feel like he wouldn't understand that analogy. I feel like he wouldn't get it because he hasn't, you know, his parents were great. He's not going to understand <laughs> that, you know, that mentality. Um, but uh, but but then he tells them to go away and they and 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 Lorian says, hey, look, you know, I stepped aside, too. At one point, you have to as well. And then mm-hmm. it really takes a weird turn. The Vorlons and the Shadows are like, but are you going to go with us, Lorian? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like lonely and sad. And they sound like children. And and uh, yeah. and what and Morden is doing the voice of the Shadows and Kosh is the voice of the uh, um, of the of the Vorlons. Yeah. And so uh, and so basically he says they're going to go off to the rim. They're going to go beyond the rim. Um, yeah. So it's again very Lord of the Rings like you know there, uh, you know there's there's a lot of Lord of the Rings stuff going on in 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 these recent episodes. Um, yeah. But but I, but I thought that was kind of interesting. It also felt strangely empty, you know, in the wake of them depart. Do you know what I mean? It's, it did. I mean, they talk about it feeling empty, and it, it yeah. does. It, it's there is a real. I I, I kind of like that scene because it, it just it's. It's like it's quiet. Everything's quiet. What it's 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 uh, it's effective. Yeah, I had really mixed feelings about this episode the first time I saw it too, because it almost it almost felt like a letdown to me the first time. It's like, oh, they were building up all this stuff, and that's how it ends. But when I went back and watched the show again, expecting that, I I I kind of I appreciated the turn that it took there. It. it uh, it's something I liked better on repeat watches. Well, what I like is now it's allowing us to return to some of the conflicts that were set in place very early on. That yes. they laid the groundwork. I mean, unless they you know just completely side skip that for some reason. But I mean, there's still all the stuff going on with Earth. There's mm-hmm. still there's still the residual things that we know are coming. Like we, we don't know how they're going to pan out because maybe history has been changed. But I mean, Londo heads up with something on his shoulder in the future. That looks like it's from the shadows or some weird. I don't know who he's dealing with, but somebody, you know, the, there there are people watching him and controlling him, and I'm assuming it's the shadows. And so I don't know if some, you know, like you said, some of the shadows stay behind or uh, or what what exactly occurs there. But there, but it's it's um it's 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 obviously not going to be a hundred percent clean of a break. Maybe maybe the shadows just kind of linger long enough to get a bit of revenge against Centauri Prime. I don't know. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, it is interesting because it's sort of like the, the show is sort of offering you the promise of magic in the form of the Vorlons and the shadows, like magic and spirituality. And then like in Lord of the Rings, it kind of vanishes. It's like, no, like, (laughs) like it's gone now. Like, you know, I hope you enjoyed it while it was here because it's, it's gone. gone. Um, Yeah. Well, it's, it's. It's interesting because, you know, I mean, the reaction to this episode when it aired, I remember, is, you know, some people were kind of angry about it because it's like, you know, it made it made the Vorlons and the Shadows look kind of pathetic at the end. Mm-hmm. But that's that's kind of what I liked about the episode once I came around to it. It's uh, I mean, you know, that, you know, I mean, they are the elder races and they have all this power, but they're still just, you know, they're 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 not gods. They're just these races that have been around longer and kind of set themselves up in this position it it and in some ways they might be less developed than the younger races do you know what i mean because because they've been shepherding the younger races but they haven't been shepherding themselves 
So, yeah, they've, they've been stuck in a bubble basically yeah. for 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 thousands of years. Well, because if you look at it like you know, like the shadows whole thing is they help people evolve, so they've been helping all these races evolve. But have they been doing it themselves? I don't think the shadows have been putting themselves in danger this whole yeah. time. They haven't been subjecting themselves to the same sort of crucible that they're going through. So I think it's uh, um, you know, I don't know. It's I think it's in a sense they might be like really old technology in the universe. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. I, I like that. That's uh, it's, it's a good theory. Cause uh, yeah, when you think about it too, it's like the, the current younger races are trying to build something larger between each other. Whereas what you've seen of the first ones, the first one races, they, they all just were in isolation. They like didn't, there, there isn't any connection between them at all. They kind of all had nothing to do with each other, even as highly evolved as they were. So there is, there is actually a feeling of the younger races being this kind of next step of, of trying to do something that the, uh, that the previous generation didn't do. And, and I do think, I mean, there are, there's obviously some dark clouds hanging overhead. Oh, are, yeah. I mean, Sheridan's only got, what, 20 years? We know that he's got, like, a limit on his lifespan. Um, yeah. I, I think that, uh, you know, they're, they're, the stuff with Londo is obviously very concerning. Shakar, mm -hmm. right now, it doesn't seem like Shakar wants to kill Londo. So I'm wondering what happens between now and then. Because I, I thought, oh, the eye loss is what really, you know. But no, Londo doesn't seem bent on revenge at all right now. So... Mm -hmm. I don't know if something happens or, or what, but but there's a big question mark over that. I also know that the next episode, Bester shows up because I saw the little preview in the window. So, uh, um, Oh, yeah, 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 on Amazon, those little preview windows, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I have a feeling the Garibaldi plot might kick into high gear if, uh, um, if one of my suspicions is correct. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of dark clouds, like you say that the Nar want to go to war with the Centauri again, and and you know they they haven't settled their rulership. Rulership isn't settled with the with the with the Centauri, and then you've got, like I said, the Earth stuff's all going. So it's yeah, there's, I mean, there, there there's there's a lot a lot of plots still hanging out there, even without the Shadow War. So. But yeah, but overall, I enjoyed it, and I, I like that they really sort of ended things abruptly. Like, I, I, again, we we do we talk a lot about other shows and sort of like you know some so sometimes how we get frustrated with certain other shows. And mm -hmm. one of the things that I thought worked well here is this is the kind of arc that I think a lot of shows would have milked for two seasons these days. And yeah, they took care of it in six episodes, and it was great. I was, I mean, you know, and if, and the parts that weren't great, I didn't mind because it was only six episodes. It wasn't like, it wasn't the end of the world to me. If those, it, like you said, if like, if, if, if the Vorlons and the shadows felt a little too small at the end of that episode, it didn't mm -hmm. really matter in the grand scheme. Cause I only, I only spent six episodes building up to that. I, I know that there's more coming down the pike and, yeah. and I, I just feel better about the show as a whole. Whereas I think, I feel like if they had spread this out over a long time, I would have felt a lot more. Uh, I don't know, like I was being strung along. Do you know yeah, I mean? well, it's, it's, it's interesting because it's hard to say because, you know, this 
this was meant to go a little longer if they were, you know, because of the cancellation concerns, they, you know, this would have wrapped up this season, mm. but it probably would have taken a little more time. And some of the rep what's in the rest of the season would have spilled into, uh, into season five. But so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's tough to say, cause I think it works. It probably could have used a little more time, but, but you're right. If they if they tried to do it for an entire season, that might have been too much. So I yeah, don't I don't. Know. I found it refreshing. I found it very refreshing that it ended so abruptly, um, mm-hmm. because I wasn't expecting it. So I was genuinely surprised, and and also it 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 just made me feel better about it. I just felt like you know what? I don't need a whole season for this. I really don't. Um, <laughs> Uh, and, and so I think, you know, they might not have intended to do it because of the circumstances, but maybe it was fate. Like maybe it, like, you know, it worked out better in the end anyways. And, you know, I think if more people realized how well it worked out, mm-hmm. you know, we wouldn't be stuck with all these really long shows that go on and on. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, but it, it, it I mean, because it, it is kind of a good thing it came to an ending from the standpoint, too, that once the once the shadow war is actually happening, it's hard to have a story about anything else at all. It's like we were talking about at the end of last season when you've got, you know, the plot about the doctor going on. And it's just like, well, okay, oh, there's, there's the shadow war going on. Why are we having a plot about Franklin? You know, and it. It, it you know it's like now you know it was it was kind of drawing i mean it was a good plot but it, it prevented any other plots from from occurring at all yeah and and the thing is what i like about this i really like that now we can get back to the real human story like the the vorlon mm-hmm. story is great and the shadow story is great but that stuff that was going on on earth was incredibly interesting when they were planting those seeds and i feel like that's yeah. stuff that they probably need more time to address because those are those are more complicated human issues. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. dealing dealing with Vorlon and shadow hangups, you can you can do like that. You know, you know, they're they're early <laughs> races that I'm not I, I don't I don't know their psychology, but I know human psychology. And so yeah. you know what I mean? So I think uh I think it makes sense. Also, I don't know what they're do I don't know how this show uh I don't know how it's paced from here on to the end of season five. But what mm-hmm. I like is I know that there's at least space for them to do all kinds of things. Like there's there's room for an epilogue or there's room for whatever. Like there just yeah. is room for them. And I think you might have mentioned an epilogue. So that might be why it's in my head. But I feel like there's just room for stuff that uh, a show might not otherwise have room for if they if they brought this conflict to a head at the end of this season. Um and again, I, I, I really didn't need a whole season of this. I didn't. I, I really did not. And so uh, I got exactly the right amount, I felt. like That's I, good. Yeah, I've been very curious how you were going to take this episode, you know. And that was, that was the reason, too, that I wanted to do, you know, two episodes instead of three is because, you know, talking about the next episode after the war is over would feel really mm. weird at this point, you know, or is having this as a nice discussion point. No, I think, it, I, think works I, I don't like that every show feels like it's like like a um, like it's rising up like that to, to, to a predictable peak. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so yeah. this to me was interesting because it felt like it was doing that. And then it was just shot up and like the, the war was over. And now we're going to go find some, we're going to deal with some other things and stuff that is, I'm assuming related to what happened here is going to unfold. But I, I just, I'm just enjoying it more than if it was just a straight shoot, uh, direct in one direction. And, uh, sure. um, so I, so I thought, I thought it worked. Uh, and I, and I thought that, uh, uh, you know, I can see how it might have looked a little messy, 
I can see how if they if they were doing this because they were worried about the longevity of the show and if they were going to be canceled, it felt like you know they were just sort of making the best out of a bad situation. I think I think I think uh, it's probably good that that happened because I think I think that mm-hmm. that it, be- it produced a better result than if um, uh, if the show had just sort of led us on for a full season of this. I think this worked better. Yeah, it, it's hard to sustain the level that they had over these six episodes, yeah. certainly. Having that, oh, the, the, they're blowing up planets and everything's crazy. It's like, yeah, doing, I, I mean, I don't know what the original plan was, so I can't really talk about it. But if, you know, 22 episodes of that would have would have been kind of wearying to an extent. Yeah, and also, to be fair, we're not seeing, like you said, the stuff that didn't show up. So, like, you know. If, there, if they had all this great stuff planned for Jakar going on adventures and things like that, that might have worked, and it might have worked really great. I don't know, but I, I'm totally happy with what I saw. Um, yeah. And I'm yeah. more than happy to sort of, you know, for the rest of the season to press on and address other things. I, 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 think, it's, I think it's fine. Um, I don't think a season has to build up to one thing like that in that way. I think you can, have, you can address more than one thing over the course of a season. So, um, and I feel like the show sort of... Th- you know, you can sometimes tie things together thematically anyways. So I don't, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I don't really know what's coming down the pike. So I can't really, you know, predict all this stuff. But, um, but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see where, where it goes from here. And, uh, yeah, I like I like it gives the show more, you know, the, the, the fact that you have a whole season, more than a half a season and another season on top of this, it, it does, you know, it gives the, the, the whole show a feeling of symmetry because season one was the show before any of this stuff really got going. And now we get to see, okay, what's the new reality like, you know? Yes. <laughs> also, the beginning of this season, they kept mentioning the end of history. And I think that the, the structure that they ended up with really works for that because the idea is, you know, we're now going to see, is this the end of history or a clash of civilizations? Like which sort of, you know... Mm-hmm. Which thesis is 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 going to win out here? Because um, I feel like yeah. that sort of, I mean, I don't remember. I know uh, End of History was definitely released before this, and I'm pretty sure. Class, oh yeah, I'm pretty was, sure. Class, was... So I mean, that felt like a direct reference to it. And it's been ages since I've read them. I think the last time I read Clash of Civilizations was like twelve years ago or something. But uh, but I'd be interested to see you know, Straczynski's take on that conversation. And I feel like that's what we're possibly going to be getting here. Um, and, and the fact that they end this part of it so early gives him plenty of time to, to sort of explore some of the, you know, explore his thoughts on that. So, yeah, we effectively just had the end of a cold war yeah. on Babylon five. So it's, <laughs> it's, it is, it is that atmosphere at the moment. But yeah, we, we we do get to see what happens, and I, I think some interesting stuff happens in the show from this point on, definitely. Okay, so so yeah, so and I was wondering about that. I was like, they keep saying the end of history. I don't know if that's like directly relevant or just a you know happy coincidence, but uh, <laughs> but but it's it's now it's starting to really look like uh, like it's you know it's it's intentional. Um, and yeah, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I, I like the show. Again, I have to say, I really like the way the show handled things like religion and stuff like that leading up to this point. I'm imagining there might be some crises of faith uh, as the uh, as the Vorlons and the shadows leave. But I, I, I think it, it 
you know, just uh, since we're at sort of like a, a, a point in the show where uh, where it's transitional, um, you know, looking back at what I've seen, I've I've, I've really liked it, and I, I think it's 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 handled things that a lot of science fiction doesn't handle well, and I think mm-hmm. it handles it well because it takes its material seriously. So if they're going to have like a Catholic priest show up, it feels like a real Catholic priest. It doesn't feel like a caricature of a of a priest. If they have, yeah. you know, and and and, it's, and that's a true, except for the, um, uh, what was the episode that me and Steve didn't like? Except for the... Uh, um, believers. Believers. Except for believers, which I thought was a little bit too much of a caricature. Uh, overall, it feels like, uh, it feels like, I don't know, it... it, it I, I feel like he's taking like whether you're talking about the characters or setting things, I feel like he's giving all every everything that uh gets trotted out on the screen kinda gets a fair shake and 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 he thinks about it and 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 tries to present it in a believable way. So that it feels yeah. like a real person or a real thing. It doesn't feel like, oh, this is just I hate this, so I'm putting it out in this way. <laughs> or I like this, so I'm putting it he really so like Londo, who in a normal show would be somebody that you despise and would be, you know, he'd probably be beating slaves or doing something. You know, he'd be doing something to indicate to you that you have well, to hate if, this guy. He's yeah. got he's got these tender moments with Veer that are really like touching. Like they like like uh, the the relationship with him and Veer is fascinating over the course of the show. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in fact, I think this episode they end with a hug. Like it's like they it's do? it's yeah. it's a. Um, and 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 I know that Londo is supposed to be the big bad guy in the show. Like you know, like we, I, I, you know, this, clearly he's going in this uh, this really dark direction. Yeah, um, well, in a more formulaic show, Jakar would have stayed the bad guy, yeah. and Londo would have stayed the comic relief, and that yeah. would have been it. You never would have even gotten to bad guy Londo without the complexity that it's doing. And it's and, a, beca- and because the show's so believable, it could still go in another direction. So, yeah. you know what I mean? I, and I don't know where it goes. I don't know if it ends up with Londo being redeemed or not. I have my suspicions, but there's enough there's enough uh, haziness because of the time travel and stuff like that that I'm not 100% sure how things are going to end up. And I'm not 100% sure the full meaning of some of the things that I've seen of the future. So uh, even the stuff from like the prologue and all that stuff, like the, even, you know, like he was he was acting pretty nice in the prologue, but even so... Um, you know, uh, yeah. So, so yeah. So I, I, am I'm, I'm, uh, very impressed with the show. I'm very impressed with it. I, I, I knew, I knew it was an impressive show based on what I had seen before and what, uh, people had said, but, but now I really sort of understand why people like this show, I think, or at least I understand why I like the show. And, <laughs> uh, so, you know, so I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can talk my... I don't think my father's seen the show, and he's a science fiction fan, so I'm going to try to talk him into watching it. Um, yeah, I think it, this, is, this is a safe bet for anyone, anyone that, that is a science fiction reading fan of, like, classic science fiction, I think, has, has a pretty good chance of liking this show. Yeah, I, uh, yeah no, I, I think so. I mean, usually he's the one that's bringing suggestions to me, so I'm going to I'm gonna turn the tables and bring this suggestion <laughs> to him. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if he has the stamina for uh, <laughs> five, all these episodes. Yeah, but but we'll see. Um, yeah. So yeah. So but we'll uh, you know we'll we'll end it there because we've been going for forty five minutes. But uh, did you want to add anything before we head out? Uh no. I'm looking forward to going into the next phase of the show. So I'm. Uh, I'll be 
it'll be exciting, exciting podcast next time, I think. So, uh, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm eagerly awaiting the next episode. This uh, Friday, we're going to be talking about um, uh, Reign of Assassins, which uh, I think is an awesome Wuxia movie, and I hope people will watch it before the podcast and listen in. And uh, I think we're going to do some more Babylon 5 in the near future and some other things. Um, but we'll talk about that after the podcast. And so uh, until then, we'll talk to you later. Bye.